May 12, 2023, and it is that time of the week again for Common Sense. Uh, what makes sense about May 12, 2023? I don't know. We're about to find out. I do know this. May 11 is 511, and we are here in 511 Studio C. And just a point of trivia, Norm, I bought this place. I closed on it on May 11, 2016. Wow. And That's its address price. is 511. And my son's birthday was yesterday, 5-11. Well, I'm not giving him the building. Nah. That's what you're asking. <laughs> I got him. Well, a, he could buy it, actually. I, I'd be perfectly happy with that. I got him a gardening wagon. So in the commercial realm, a gardening wagon, we'll get back to that. Yeah. In, the, in a commercial realm, you don't usually get like 30 or fixed notes. You get like, uh, you know, 7-1 arms with a 20-year amortization schedule. And that's what I have, I think. So in about uh, 20 short, 15 short years, this place will be all mine. Yes. There you go. And shooting myself in the foot, I did not refi it three years ago when I had a chance. Yeah, I tried actually to get a home equity loan, you know, uh, when rates were just like 2% or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they want proof of income, like... Following the subprime crisis, they got real picky, choosy about who they're going to lend money to. Right, imagine that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, you well, have to have a job, and you have to have income, and you have to be able to pay it back. And I'm like, well, I can fog a mirror. <laughs> that's that's that used to be the standard, you know. But yeah. I, I have well, a pulse. I think we're getting back to that, and I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but there is uh, the Biden administration is trying to force those of us with credit scores above 750. Yes. To pay extra to cover those of everyone else who have credit scores below. I'm telling you that that story is hitting a lot of people in regards to talk about it. Because I went to go get a bag of ice at a marathon quick stop gas station. Yeah, and the and the the guy behind the counter is talking about it to the to the next customer in front of in front of right. me. He that is not... really getting deep yeah. into going. What the hell's this, going on here? This is a lot like the student debt forgiveness. It's like yeah. th- if you really want to divide this country, if you really want to cut to the core of what will piss people off, you know, start punishing people for doing the right thing. Exactly, like paying back their student loans or having good credit and being able to get a mortgage. Now I have to pay more. It's like you know what? Yeah. Screw you. And this dude was first generation American too. He was from some other country. I mean, you hear in his voice, and I, yeah. I couldn't tell you what. Well, but I'm the, thinking it. Yeah. That yeah. that that well, first generation I mean, gets it. It's not like the thirty year fixed has got any basis in history and right. and studies and, and like two hundred years of <laughs> no. of financial. Mm-hmm. Uh, testing. You know, th- this is like uh, he who does not study history is doomed to repeat it. This is exactly what they did in twenty or 2008 or leading up to 2008 with subprime mortgages uh, and all the uh, all the hoo-ha nonsense that went around or uh, that surrounded that. You know, they were they were forcing banks, they being the federal government, was forcing banks via regulation and, quote, suggesting that they lend to people who have less than worthy credit in order to avoid uh, the equitable or unequitable distribution in the housing market. Uh, and uh, what they did is they basically lent money to people who couldn't pay it back. And then they gave banks the wide open path to do it by saying, don't worry, we'll just buy it all under Freddie Mae and Fannie Mac. At the same time, members of Congress who are promoting this happen to have a bunch of relatives and others on the boards of such organizations that made a lot of money, got a lot of loans, to, you know, benefited uh, individually about it. And this is both sides of the aisle, by the way. It happened under, I think, W. And um, yeah, henceforth, we had the 2008 collapse, and now 
We're doing it again. Doing it again. Yeah, it it the whole thing's insane. That um, I had actually heard that it was credits. That they've dumbed it down from seven fifty. Last I heard, they were it was six forty. Oh, great! Yeah, Jeez. so they're including a lot more people, and it's for F- Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae backed mortgages. Which is the third? I mean, and that's sort of look. I don't agree that the government should be involved in the mortgage business. Um, or the student loan business. Or the student loan business. Yeah. But to the extent they are, it's like they have set sort of the gold standard. Like they, had, like Freddie Mae and Fannie Mac adopted the 30-year fixed standard that mm-hmm. the private banks had come up with uh, for years. And, you know, remember when it meant something to own a home? Like you, you got a mortgage? You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember my dad talking to my cousin back in the 70s. I was young and I didn't quite understand it. But looking back, I figured it out. It's like they were talking about waiting in line to get rates. And uh, this is when Carter screwed everything up. Well, um, it's all part of the entitlement mentality that we have. And we just saw that whole mindset, you know, come, you know, hit a, a rock in a hard place, right? Happened in California, for example, on reparations. So Gavin Newsom, you know, comes out with this idea that even though they weren't a slave state in California, that black folks who could demonstrate, you know, some kind of familial uh, ties back to that era and who could also demonstrate some unfairness in their life, which is very vague in the way that the commission out there wrote it up, the proposed legislation. (laughs) So they spent years trying to figure out what the amount would be per person, how they would qualify, what kind of race court uh, you know, uh, machinations they would have. They take it to the governor and he goes, and this is after George, you know, this is in the wake of the George Floyd thing, this whole concept in California. And he goes, just this week, he, Gavin Newsom said, nah, we can't do that. Yeah. After all the, political, we don't have the money after all the political flag waving. I mean, of course they don't have the money. Who has that money? Duh. It was, right. it was something like, three or four years total budgets of the state of California to, to just do like 350,000 per black person. But, 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 but they tried. Well, I was going to say the underlying theme though is busy work. They did the work. We don't have the money. Sorry. <laughs> we don't have the money. Sorry. So, you we know, tried. it kind of looks that way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, we did our best. We Sorry. did our best. But this is but all really, it's, take it's, you right to the but, trough. But really, it's unrealistic. So I, you know, it's empty. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. that's one constituency. Yeah. And then there's a college students. Let's just, you know, give them everything. It, it, you just go down the line. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Sure. College students need their loans paid back, Norm. Just ask them. Yeah, <laughs> by somebody, by you and me. Right, just ask them. Right? Just right. Say, oh yeah, oh Look, yeah. I've got. I'm trying to build a house in Pickaway County. Uh. I would like the government to buy it for me. Just yeah. give. Actually, no, no, no. I want the. I want them to give me the money so I can build my house. I think that would is be it, fair. And is equitable. it in a floodplain that you could like along like along the ocean? <clears throat> say yeah, maybe I could. <laughs> maybe since it's been destroyed now, it's not been hurricane. Oh, shoot. Okay. Um, no. No. So I don't. No I, I guess what I have to do, I have to come up with my own hard-earned money yeah. to right. build a house. And I'm, I may not be able to do it. You know, the yeah. prices are so insane. I, I may be stuck not being able to do it. Well, this is why the American public is increasingly, you know, cynical. And doesn't believe its government can do anything. They they see people like Elizabeth Warren faking that they're a Cherokee. And why would Cherokees get some kind of you know extra credit to get on this on the on the uh, faculty of Yale to begin with? 
But but she faked her way into that. People fake their way into all kinds of loans. Wow. This whole COVID thing, you know, we're going to pay you to lay on your couch. We're going to give you the PPP. And, you know, people abuse that. I, I forget how many billions of dollars the GSA said were f- fraudulent. Well, look, I mean, I mean, it's you, just, you said something like people dude, think the government can do it's like, or you, people don't trust the government doing it. I think it's the opposite. I think people ha- like our this generation, us and we included, I think to some extent. I, I think we we are we are all I think uh, wise to it, but uh, on, lots the, in our on the nipple is what you're going to say, right? Well, they, they, we, they, we 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 think that that government's a never ending. We think we if we think we think the government can fix everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And, yeah. and 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 if you think about it, yeah. like this is a very uh, biblical concept, right? right? Man is inherently flawed, humankind inherently flawed. You know, and anybody who's been around anybody knows this, right? right. So if you look in the mirror <laughs> and you think you're perfect, sorry, <laughs> sorry. All you got to do is check your heart and soul. You're not perfect. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a government built of all this imperfectness, and then claim that they can fix everything or that that entity that's built on imperfectness can fix anything. I think our founders realized this in a very simple way. And they just said, the government can't fix everything. We are the best at fixing it ourselves because we know our own problems. And if there is going to be any solution, it's going to come from the people, not the government. And somehow we've, we've turned this pyramid upside down. Yeah. 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 I saw my favorite bumper sticker, um, a few years ago, it was during one of the campaigns. I don't even know who this person was voting for. There was no affiliation on it, but it was a bumper sticker and it said, we live within our means. And I thought, oh my God, I need about 10 million of those and just, and just stick them on every car I see. It's just unbelievable. We live within our means. What a great statement. What if people had the idea that it is their burden to be self-sufficient, you know, number one. Now, if they have a, some kind of mental or physical illness, that's different. Mm -hmm. But for the 95% of us out there, we should be living within our means and not asking anybody, you know, to bail us out. And if we do need help, we go to a charity. You know, that's why giving to the Red Cross is down and giving to United Way is down. It's because, like Steve just said, everybody's turning to the government now instead of to private charity. And we're not being as giving, well, you know, we're think, demanding things think now. Think how insulting it is looking at it inversely. If you are, if you are told, our, like our government is essentially telling us that we're not capable of doing it on our own. Exactly. So whether, if you're a certain skin color, you need this. If you're a certain gender, you need this. Or if you don't know what your gender is, you need this. Or if you're yeah. whatever victimology, victimhood uh, group you might ascribe to, yeah. subscribe to, whatever, I think both work, uh, yeah. that you're part of. Identify. Identify with. as. Then right. somehow you need other people's help to have a successful, meaningful, uh, fulfilling life, Yeah, which is just first grade nonsense. And it's bigotry. I, I love it is bigotry. I, yes. I, I remember, you know, George Herbert Walker, Bush one, that was one of his favorite, you know, phrases is, is the soft bigotry of low expectations Yeah, that, that you look at another group, what, however it is, you know, trans, gay, black Indian. Hey, I'll throw me in there. Podcasters, Irish, Irish you know, Podcasters, Lebanese, you, yeah, sure, yeah. right. Whatever. <laughs> and you just say, Hey, that group, right. You guys need uh, our help. They're, they're, they're not as capable. So I'm going to swoop in 
and with my virtue, you know, and tell everybody, you know, that they need to get on board this because we got to rescue this group of people. And it, they're yeah. too dumb. And it seems to be more proactive than reactive. Mm-hmm. They start to see a problem before it exists. Oh, well, God. no, they create the problem or create it, and then they then, then they, need they them to solve then it. they're right. the savior That's to, COVID to in save a nutshell. it. Yeah. Government creates a problem and then right. comes along and says, we're the and, only ones that can solve it. And it might very well be that it we're, we're that recent mm-hmm. of that situation. Tell, we're tell that, that recent. Tell that to Cleveland Indian fans, right? That's how they got the Guardians. <laughs> yeah, I know. It wasn't Indian tribes coming in mm-hmm. saying, we're offended by Chief Wahoo. I know. I <laughs> it know. wasn't them. Yeah. It, was, it was a bunch of do-gooders who wanted to appear in the paper and be on TV and say, hey, you know, I'm offended. For those other people over there, you know, just so they could like check a box. Yeah. And the meanwhile, the Indian tribes are like, no, you can keep the Cleveland Indian name. Like that doesn't bother us. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. For yeah. God's sake. I know. It's, um, and it's all virtue signaling crapola. And then, crapola. And then it hits the fan, which is what's happening on the southern border, right? And I think in Ohio, yeah. we've got our own influx, I suppose. Um, you know, or we, 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 we are we'll a feel it. We'll we, feel it. we are a border state. Yeah. yeah, I mean, New York City is a border city. That's Chicago. You know, all, all, yeah. it, we're finding now that everywhere is the Texas-Mexican border. Yeah, and it this I, you just have to wonder what the logic is here. Is it is it pure stupidity? Is it um, virtue signaling, or is there something more sinister going on? It's more. You know? It's more sinister. So, in the lit- litigation between the state of Florida, the attorney general there against the federal government, uh, she has dug out through discovery memos at the Department of Homeland Security that specifically lay out the plan to bus and fly people from the border into the interior, right, to spread the load. That's why I'm saying literally we are a border state. Mm -hmm. Our official government policy under President Biden is to disperse, not localize the population, not not down in Texas and Arizona and California, but everywhere, right? So when they, so just this week, we got Mayor Adams, you know, in, in New York City, basically ending their their refuge city uh, status, and and he is in turn now busing people from New York City out to other counties like Dutchess County or where, you know, like he's getting them out of New York city on New York city buses now to other parts of New York state, because he, New York city can't live up to its own bullshit. Of course not. Because it, it was all virtue signaling to begin to with. Begin, like Martha's vineyard. Right. When, when Abbott sent that, 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 that was the, I mean, the was, move of the century. That was a, wasn't that like, gore. We're going to take the darling of the left. Right. Martha's vineyard. Right. And then give them, the fruits of their policy. Right. And they're and they actually had like a a reception committee, right? Because they they had this we are a refuge city. Yeah. You know, we exactly. Martha's Vineyard. So, you know, if somebody would happen to show up, well they they never counted on anybody showing up. Right, 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 right. right. And then uh, I wish they I just, the only thing I wish is it was a, like a year and a half earlier 
when Obama had his birthday party up there during the <laughs> COVID shutdown <laughs> and right. said, no, see, we are responsible. And I mean, this was actually true. I think they, they released this press release after it's like, we were responsible enough since we're educated and we right. understand the risks of COVID. We're responsible enough to deal without masks and we can have these mass gatherings, but all but the you, little the people you can't. And, and, and the, and the, and the servants at Obama's had to party, wear their masks, had to wear masks <laughs> yeah. because they weren't, people, they weren't smart enough. Right. Yeah. Just the guests were just smart. the guests. Right. It, it, this is hunger games. This, the, we like, we are living it out. Yes. We're living it out. These people are, they, they don't realize how ridiculous they look. Right. Well, and Newsom at the French Laundry Restaurant. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. They just. Uh, Governor uh, Whitless, Whitmer is her real name, but I call her Whitless. So Gretchen Whitless up there in Michigan, her husband can go boating. Right, right, and, right, and right, fishing, right, right. right? Pulling pull rank and nepotism to get, get to get his boat out. It's like these people. Nancy it, can get a hairdo. But it looks good. Et cetera. Et cetera. It yeah. looks good, though. Yeah. You know, they, their policy looks and sounds good. They just, but not for them. Not for them. No, not for them. exactly. I mean, why should they live without income? Yeah. Why should they live without their boats? Why should Why should Obama not have a birthday party on Martha's Vineyard in the midst of a government-enforced shutdown for the rest of us? I, right. I do have to say that our, our lieutenant governor did seem to have a very good haircut through this whole <laughs> oh, <laughs> DeWiney. Lieutenant Governor. Oh, Lieutenant, yeah, Lieutenant Governor. Governor. Lieutenant I, Governor. I just thought Governor. his hair looked pretty good. I'm thinking, well, but is that a tube then? Or is it yeah, just he's know. getting cut? This is I, like, I don't know. I'll have to ask him sometime. <laughs> like hobnob and get a coffee with him sometime. How'd you do the hair thing during COVID? Yeah. I'll never forget this this moment in my life. I was sitting outside um, in my car waiting. Uh, I think my son was still able to do his guitar lesson at that time. I think it was like after the first shutdown, but before he did it again, <laughs> he was going to do it again. And he, he, he issues that, like he would come on every day at five or six, whatever, and give his little nonsense. Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine. And he gave this speech like, Ugh. we have the tools, we've done it before, and Ugh. we're going to do it again. I'm surprised I didn't break my hand on my dashboard. <laughs> right. Because I was like, I was so, so incensed by that comment uh. because he didn't do shit. And he used the word we. Yeah. He forced everybody else out of business. Well, not everybody. His cronies got plenty of business, but mm-hmm. he forced me out of business, essentially. He forced restaurant owners out of business. He forced bar owners out of business, service industry people who needed the money the most out of business, and uh, and then has the gall to say, we have done it before. We have the tools. No, no, you jackass have the tools, and it's unconstitutional to begin with, but you're going to use the tools to force me out of business to make sure you look good by saying, I can't go to work. Anyway, that's my, yeah. that's yeah. my rage. Yeah. Well, and then when a real crisis happens in East Palestine, Crickets. right? You know, crickets. No, we have, the tool, no. we have the tools, but where'd the fucking toolbox go? Yeah. <laughs> no hands on deck. Where'd that toolbox go? No, no hands yeah. on that deck. That required government had the tools to do it. And yeah. government yeah. failed. Like what they what they maybe should have done. What they, what, and look, you, you can even, don't even get me going on whether I think the government had the ability to fix that mess, yeah. but at least they should have tried. And they, they should have been there. completely inept yeah. at it. Completely yeah. inept. And, and to blame the, the little fire department guy. That that was ultimately his call right, to, to right. torch the chemicals. Yeah. Right. You so know, if well, they, the government should have hired a leading expert on how to fix this problem. Get some dude with the boots on the ground there, like you know, the exchequer. Jay. Yeah. Get a guy absolutely. like Jay there. They're out right. there. Who's open not to his own ideas, but to all ideas. Right. And then pick the right one right. or the best one under the circumstances. And that way, even if you're wrong, see, this is this is what they don't realize. Even if you're wrong, then. You can say, look, this was the best choice at the time, given the information that I had. And if I'm wrong, 
I will accept responsibility for making the wrong choice, but it's what I thought was right. You know, this instead they just right. they they kick that can on somebody else, to somebody else's backyard. Well, DeWine and Biden don't have Harry Truman's the buck stops here on their desk. They have they have a little paperweight that says the buck stops somewhere else. No, we make the buck look good and then force everybody else to yeah. uh, to reimburse we're us. Ju- we're just a bus stop for the buck. Well, dudes, buck, we yeah. we have mega news going on. You guys want to. Dig into yeah, some been, I mean, it's only been 20 minutes <laughs> I mean, of, of us holy sort of cow. venting my rage. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that discussion is very yeah. timely, no. what, what we just did. But um, I'm blown away by the amount of news and the significance of some of the happenings in the last week. Right. So um, on the 10th, on the very last day that it would have been possible <laughs> for the state of Ohio to schedule a special election in the face of legislation they had passed just in December to end special elections, the legislature decided to have in August by virtue of a joint resolution. And there are lawyers fighting about whether a resolution is the same as rescinding a law or modifying that law. So I'm sure that'll get yeah, let's, let's tie up some, that, that, some like, yeah, that, top-end legal time for that one. That's going to go to the Supreme Court, yes. I guarantee you. Yep. Uh, the ACLUs have pretty much already said mm-hmm. so. Um, but they passed this resolution. It, it's going to DeWine. He signed it or will sign it because he, he said he would. And uh, what it does is it schedules that um, constitutional referendum Uh, for the state of Ohio, for voters to decide, ironically enough, by 50% this one last time, it'll it'll be 50% uh, plus one vote to yes, no, adopt a resolution that raises that bar for future referendums to 60%. So um, clearly, Secretary of State Frank LaRose had a big win uh, on the 10th. They passed it. And now we're going to have uh, that referendum, and uh, it's clearly um, targeted towards uh, some some resolutions that are being um, petitioned around the state of Ohio, most notably the abortion, uh, the relaxation of abortion uh, uh, laws in the state of Ohio, uh, permitting basically getting rid of the heartbeat bill that remember, just was passed. But that wasn't the original idea, though. Who cares? That is, <laughs> it, I mean, who cares? It, it is. I know, it, it is, but it, it still has, sticks in my craw that that's what they said. Well, that has nothing to do yeah, with upcoming. It we just matter. see bad stuff. Yeah, we just it doesn't. See bad it, stuff. People know, speculated from the beginning. They did, for sure. Oh, for sure. And there know, are a lot on. of reasons besides, you know, yeah. the one time. As we have discussed here, oh, yeah. it'll take 60% then to undo something. I know. So, yeah, you know, here we go. Let's hope I, the discussions are out there to unfold all the nuances of pros and cons of this. I am, I am concerned about the tyranny of the majority, especially in, a, in this kind of uh, heated up atmosphere we have now. Well, why would you be concerned? I mean, yeah, it's right. only resulted in things like slavery. That's right. That's right. And, right. you know, exactly. And they thought yeah. they were right. You know, it's yeah. like, the, this well, is, and uh, abortion in California after, after you after the child's born, they can still abort a, a born child. It, it's, it, it's, it's so it's, crazy that it's come to that because I, I look, yeah. I, I've, I've, I try to have faith in, in humankind that anybody who looks at 
that thought or, or that notion would say, don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. That's right. bad. Hippoc- don't kill a baby after it's born. Hippocratic. Even if you oath. wanted to abort it before it's born, yeah. killing it after it's born. I mean, no matter what threshold, no matter where you draw the line, which I would disagree with all of this anyway, but if you're going to draw the line at birth, I mean, at least that's, a, you know, that's like, don't kill a baby after birth. Now I, I've talked yeah. to and argued with people recently in the last two months on this. And they're like, no, people, they, 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 nobody agrees with that. I'm like, no, no, no. They, they, there are people advocating for this. And I would say, I would hope that they're not advocating because they really agree with it, but it's just become so polarized that no matter what one side wants, the other side has to disagree. Yeah, knee-jerk reaction. Uh, yeah. Right. Because I just can't accept that anybody on the earth would advocate for killing babies after they're born. Yeah. I just can't imagine that anybody would do that. I know. Well, we're like, in like a, China, maybe. We're in a culture of like Trump derangement syndrome where because Trump, his administration had some of these laws, for example, or policies on the border, immediately Biden comes in. And just because Trump had something, right? We're getting rid the, of it. Yeah, we got to get rid of it. And, and it's it, like, and well, it wait worked. a minute. It was a good idea. So, you know, this morning at... 12.01 a.m., Title 42 went away, and now we're under Title 8. And we have, I think Bill Malugin of Fox News said there were 22,000 people queued up in places across the border. This is, a, this is, a, this is like a military invasion. It, 100%. You know? Oh, yeah. And you, yeah. You, you've got this. It, it's like philosophically, it's, it's so interesting to me because you take this notion that identity matters so much. So if something's coming from somebody who happens to be of a different color skin or darker color skin, then all of a sudden it has more merit. But the opposite is also true for these people, which is if it comes from a certain person that they don't like, it has no merit, even if it's a good idea. It's, it's not judging ideas based on reason, common sense, and experience. It's judging ideas based on whoever's purveying it. Right. And uh, what nonsense. I mean, look, yeah. it's not uh, the Greeks figured this out. It's an argument from authority. It's a logical, I think the Greeks, it's a logical fallacy from the outset. Yeah. yeah. So a, a, a total moron can have an awesome idea yeah, and a complete genius can have a horrible idea. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, it, people, a black guy can have a great idea. A white guy can have a terrible idea. A black guy can have a terrible idea and a white guy can have a great idea. And guess what? It doesn't make any difference what their skin color is. It doesn't at all. Right. You know, I, I would hope. Right. I, I'm all, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm wanting to go back and start to just read news stories in print because I almost, I, I really don't want to see the color of of either the author, the reporter, the people involved in the story. I just want to judge without any kind of yeah, blinders. Im- immutable characteristics. Mm-hmm. You know, Lady Justice well, is you, blind. I, I sort of find myself slipping into this too, because if I happen to find somebody who is a minority that agrees, I'm like, see, see, and I'm thinking, right. wait a minute, it doesn't work that way uh-huh. either. Yeah, it, it doesn't work that, that way either. But or yeah. somebody in Hollywood, conservatives a conservative love Hollywood that. star, it's like, they're no, look, I agree yeah. with them, but they're no smarter than we are right. or less. I mean, maybe they are, but not right. just because they're yeah. actors. Yeah. They just, <laughs> they know? just, they yeah. just have the bullhorn. Yeah. They have, you and, know, and it may be that yeah. an actor has insight that I don't. Well, we, well right. con- not just because they're a famous actor. Well, conservatives yeah. Yeah. in general are so bludgeoned to death by the dominant media, by Hollywood, by some of these traditional uh, support groups within the Democratic Party, that when, when uh, say, you know, a female activist or um, Jane Fonda. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying when a female activist comes out like Naomi Wolf recently has come out and just basically said all of this trans stuff 
it, you know, oh, is destroying, you know, women's rights, mm-hmm. you know, left and right. And, and, she, it, 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 and like, that's when conservatives go, see, see, one of those really virtuous people that's on the other side, they agree with us. Now, now I have some of their virtue because it's assigned to my category. (laughs) And we are so, you know, like John Voight, you know, famous actor, very conservative. And, and like, you know, we, we wrap our arms around him and go, Oh God, thank you. It's kind of ridiculous. It's equally ridiculous. Now, it's not. It's not wrong. It's not to wrong. agree with John Voigt that he has good ideas. Of course not. But no. it, what you're saying is and we're I committing like the him. same fallacy <laughs> yeah. that the other side is committing right. by ascribing some sort of merit to our ideas only because John Voigt agrees. Right. You know, it, the the idea it's an appeal stand, to authority. It's an appeal it's, to authority the other way, right? It, which yeah. is illogical. The same logical problem, and yeah. you know, we all we suffer from it a little bit. Yeah, we you know, do. It's like sure. I've been, I I found myself playing the sloppy pool game that has been created by others. Mm-hmm. Guys, some something just incredible. <laughs> Again, I mean, this past week was filled with mega things. So uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and, and, and it took a while for the story to gain traction, but a couple of weeks ago in Xenia, Ohio, in a little municipal courtroom, Judge David McNamee, I think is how you pronounce his name. McNamee? McNamee. Um, McNamee, McNamee. He found, he found a 31 year old, 350 pound, um, man who claims to be a woman, uh, not guilty of public indecency charges involving multiple women at multiple YMCA's in the greater Dayton area, Fairborn, Dayton, Xenia. Um, some of these exposures because he was given permission by the director of the YMCA that he could use the women's dressing room. So Mm -hmm. he went in there. Now he's got all his tackle and he displayed it. And some of the girls in there were 13, 16 years old. He was accused by one of the staffers at the YMCA of sexually assaulting her when she went to hug him and, and she had supported him in his, claims of womanhood he took the occasion of the hug to grab her and sexually assault her get a little feely feely during the hug yeah this is a warm fuzzy moment let's make it warmer and fuzzier yeah so this guy darren glines is his name was found not guilty by the judge i wonder why though i'll tell you the why okay the judge actually wrote a little opinion i'd love to hear it and two things he said, first of all, he had the YMCA's permission. All right, so that, that, that's where I was going first. Num- yeah. Number one, the YMCA put out a statement that that um, the, the reason that he was allowed in the women's locker room, and this, this is all a direct quote, which is unbelievable. We adhere to Ohio and federal laws and anti-discrimination laws which allow all members access to its to our facilities and programs, regardless of religion, national origin, race, color, sex, age, disability, gender, gender identification, or sexual orientation. Unquote. So they are claiming, well, we had to let him, who is claiming to be a her, into the her locker room. We, we must do that because their, their take or their lawyers, their 
administrators believe that Ohio and federal law requires them to do that. That's what they said. Number two, the judge. Now, the judge didn't say that was a fact. He just said they let her, you know, they let this man claiming to be a woman use the facility and and they gave him permission. Number two, he said his belly fat was so overextended at his belt line that it covered his genitalia. Oh, my God. That's what the judge said. That is awesome. So I can wear an apron. What a precedent. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Ohio. This is a crime. He was charged with public indecency, right? (sighs) Public indecency and um, I don't know if Katisha Young, who testified against him in court, the employee at the YMCA, she has a protective (laughs) order because he sexually assaulted her, according to her. And I don't know if Oh, so he was violating a protection order as well. Well, no, this was in January. She got her protective order. He hasn't violated it oh, yet that I, gotcha. I know okay, of. Okay. But she gotcha. may pr- go ahead, and the, and the prosecutor, prosecutors may go ahead and charge him with sexual assault based on her complaint. Yeah, that's a, that's a sexual That's a sexual, charge. yeah, right. sexual, a, a, a separate case may arise. So public indecency under uh, revised code section 2907.09, no person shall recklessly do any of the following under circumstances in which the person's conduct is likely to be viewed by and affront others who are in the person's physical proximity and who are not members of the person's household. Expose, you can't expose your genital or your private parts engage in sexual conduct or masturbation, engage in conduct that no ordinary observer would appear to be sexual conduct or masturbation. Um, and then obviously if it's, if there's a kid, hold on a second. Now section B, no person shall knowingly doing the following under circumstances where the person's conduct is likely to be viewed but, or affront others who is in the person's physical proximity, who is a minor. And it basically repeats those things. So, you know, I would wonder, this makes me wonder, and I've never really pondered this, even though I do this for a living, what is the exception for the YMCA, generally speaking? So you could violate this. I could violate this by going to the YMCA or any other club and taking a shower, exposing myself. So, you, you know, there's got to be some case law or some other uh, provision for it. And then the question is, what is that provision? And does permission by the YMCA or whatever this, wherever this was, uh, create an exception? And it sounds like it does. I would guess that it does. And I would, I would, that would be my defense to it. Or my defense would be, this is an unconstitutional law because as applied, it violates my client's trans constitutional rights to be a woman or some other argument like that. Um, as an advocate for that individual, that's where I'd be arguing. Um, yeah. And then at a trial, I'd be saying beyond a reasonable doubt, ju- judge, you can't just, uh, you know, there, there's not proof here beyond a reasonable doubt because he falls within this exception to be at a club. So, you know, this is what happens though. This is where we end up with this ridiculous yeah. precedent. When you, when you skew facts when you change known reality and then plug them into a law that has worked for however many years, the law starts to get a little hanky. Right. You know, typically the the fact is um, the fact or the uh, the judge or the trier fact in this case the judge most often the jury gets to decide what the facts are. Yeah. And if you come into court with a skewed, if we can't agree that red is red and white is white and black is black and yellow is yellow, you've got no facts. This so, is, this is, this is anarchy. Steve, the newest member of the United States Supreme Court cannot define what a woman is. Right, but he knows it when he sees it. Oh, she. Or she knows it when he sees it. Uh, when Kat- she sees it. Katanji. Yeah. She, she, she. So in, you need to be a doctor. <laughs> in her testimony. In her testimony. She, but, but this is what happens. So, so you've got this, this lady running the YMCA who is presented with a man who says, I'm a transvestite, I identify as a woman, 
And she's probably like her head spinning. Okay, what do I do with this? Yeah, yeah. Right? What do I do with this? <laughs> right. And and you know, I don't want to discriminate against you based on your gender identity claims because, you know, even the Supreme Court can't define what a woman is now. Like you say, Steve, we, we we had an understanding of definitions, you know, and and how the law would apply to things that we could define. But we've thrown the definitions out, and now we don't know what a man is. We don't know what a woman is, and so therefore, stuff like this, where a guy's showing his junk to little girls in a locker room. I guess that's female junk just because he thinks it is. This is, yeah. 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 And making that kind of decision, like you said, the Uh, executive director at the Y, don't, yeah, she's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, but you would think I got to err on the side of caution because that situation could happen just like it happened. Just like it happened. And the question, you know, this just leads to all sorts of chaos. Chaos. Because, you know, uh, on both sides, right? Because yes. look, this was right. a, this was a quote activist type of charge in the first place. You know, his, his lawyers were activist lawyers. Yeah, yes. and, and and even the charge, even the prosecutor bringing this charge is making a statement. They're saying we're not going to tolerate this. We're going to challenge this person's right to do this thing, and that that they did that in the context of a criminal charge, and 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 now it's failed. The person was acquitted. Now this is this is only precedent for that case. You know, when somebody is found not guilty. <clears throat> All it means is that in that particular case, at that particular, on that particular time and date, the the prosecutor didn't prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. That doesn't mean somebody else later couldn't be prosecuted for this. Yeah. So the real way to handle this is either in the legislative general assembly, yeah, where they can go change the law to say we're going to exclude people who have penises from female locker rooms or whatever you're going to do, or you file something called a declaratory judgment action where you ask a judge to say here's what the law means and here's what the law says. If you apply it any other way or in this particular way, it's unconstitutional. So all this is, is a criminal not guilty. That's all it is. Um, And it's, um, I'm not saying it doesn't have precedential value. It sort of does because now this prosecutor may not bring a case. Well, the purported victim of the sexual assault separate case, Miss Katisha Young. She's a a minor. Is that correct? No. Oh, oh, she's an employee of the YMCA. Oh, oh, okay. Or was at the time. Yeah, the warm, fuzzy hug. Okay. She said, and this is a direct quote from her, he will feel emboldened by this not guilty verdict and he will do it to somebody else. Sure, he will. Meaning the assault. Well, it doesn't sound like that case has been tried yet. So, you know. Or or will be. Or will. We don't know. I mean, look. If you touch somebody else in a sexual manner, like say outside their clothing, it sounds like that's what this was. It's a misdemeanor crime. It's called sexual imposition in Ohio, an M3, a misdemeanor third degree. Um, if you do it inside the clothes or you start to penetrate or you do other things like that, it gets a lot more serious, a lot quicker. But um, it could also be a sexual assault or a sexual battery in Ohio, or forgive me, sexual assault in Ohio. There, there's different crimes that would apply. Um, She's claiming an assault. And I don't know the elements, Steve. You you do. Yeah, well, an assault is knowingly cause or attempt to cause physical harm to somebody else without consent or privilege. Uh, Sexual assault is essentially uh, touching somebody, having sexual contact or conduct with somebody uh, that is unwanted. So, you know, a lot of these crimes overlap. So some of it is is up to whether the prosecutor wants to pursue it as a felony of the third degree or as a misdemeanor third degree or how they want to pursue it. But hopefully if, if this individual did this, if this individual played grab ass unwantingly with this uh, employee of the YMCA, well, then he ought to be prosecuted. And and look, I don't care if right. you're trans. I don't care if you're not trans. Yeah. I don't care if you're a, right. a wholesome 
uh, gorgeous Ken doll with a six pack ab or your belly's too big to hang over your pecker. It doesn't make any difference to me. You know, if you're doing right. this and it's against the law, you ought to be prosecuted. Now, look, yeah. I'm get it. It's you're hearing it from me, a criminal defense attorney, right? This is, I, I represent, I would represent him at the same time, which is the, you know, the, it's not incongruous with my no. belief structure. No, because you're defending someone to, to, so they're not prosecuted the wrong way. Yeah. Or if I can beat the case, I'll, I'll beat it. You bet yeah, your ass yeah, I will. Sure. And I don't care if I, you know, I've got no moral qualms about it because the yeah. prosecutor has to bring a case. The prosecutor mm-hmm. has to come into court. The prosecutor has to present evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. And if they are permitted to do anything less than that, the next time Norm is charged in Johnstown, Ohio, with not having a license plate or something similar, <laughs> he's going to be wrongfully convicted. So, you know, you, that, there's a reason for this. you got to keep everybody honest. Right. I, I right. love everybody, right. by the way. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, guys, um, uh, some some interesting things um, have happened elsewhere. So if unless you guys have some more Ohio stuff. I know we are the heart, the heart of it all now. Yes, I'm glad they – so Marilyn Tomasi like under Governor Celeste, Governor Dick mm-hmm. Celeste, Marilyn Tomasi, uh, Ohio Department of uh, Tourism, came up with that slogan. She's my favorite Democrat. She's a fabulous person. I mean, she's no longer with the state of Ohio. I don't know what Marilyn's doing these days, but she was fantastic. If you were, if you were involved in the tourism or travel industry back in the day when she was running things, she would always call you back. She was always available to speak to a group or, or to pump up a movie production in Ohio or whatever it was. She, she did a lot with a microscopic budget, and um, she was one of the superstars in the Celeste administration. I say that as a Republican. I like Dick Celeste. He was a, an interesting governor, but um, he was um, – he was available. Like he, he was, um, you could get a hold of him. You could get a hold of 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 uh, people in the administration back then. Um, I think um, people could learn a lot about the way to treat constituents uh, from uh, Governor Celeste and that era of government. They they were responsive to the public, even if you totally disagreed with them. They responded, and that's a lot more than I can say for some of my Republican governors, frankly. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I, yeah, great call, man. Uh, Ohio, the yeah, heart of it. I Instead like of – that was such a a fantastic um, marketing phrase for the state of Ohio because if you look at a map of Ohio, it kind of looks like a mm-hmm. heart, and that's where she got the idea. It was yeah. a great idea. Yeah, well, and like New York went away from I love New York – but they kind of went right back down to it. To the now yeah. we're a rotten apple again. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some branding. Why do you go away from? Yeah, why it? screw that up? Yeah, you change the logo up maybe if you need to. Freshen it up. Put a new right. lipstick on the pig occasionally. Yeah. But it's like why mess with something why that really, with? really yeah. does something and good? The good ones, I, I, like it's like Mad Men. You ever watch that show? Yeah, yeah, I never yeah. did, but I heard it was a great. It, show. it was a great show. Yeah. It's like some of these some of these slogans have never ever left us. You know, you just right. like they're you know the Chevy was the heartbeat of America, right? Coke was the real thing. Budweiser, king of beers. Budweiser is the king of beers. You know, maybe they're not, but it's Olympia great. beer, the only beer with an excuse. Of course, <laughs> the water. <laughs> us Ford, us Ford truck guys like to say about Chevy. Yeah, 
It is like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we think of Chevy pickups. They're they're like a rock. Well, speaking of pickups and cars, I had occasion to go to uh, Fort Hayes Career Center out of the Columbus City Schools and sort of do a tour and, and see what they had going on for an orientation meeting. And, um, you know, I, I'm the first person to criticize, but so far, hats off. They seem like they have a pretty good program there. The, the assistant vice principal out there gave a little speech beforehand. We saw a little video of kids and, you know, they got a pretty good. They put together a nice little uh, video package. And then I happened to listen to the automotive tech uh, instructors give their presentation in wow. their garage with cars out there and a classroom and, you know, everything else. And, you know, a really good message for, for young men and young women wanting to enter the workplace. And the message there was like, look, we're not just teaching you how to do the job. You're going to have to, to some extent, we can teach you only, or we can only teach you as far as we can, you know, in the context of two and a half hours a day for, you know, whatever semester this is. So we want to teach you some, some things that, that will never change because like, you know, at some point you're going to tech changes in automotive and you got to keep up on it. But, you know, they're, they're teaching kids to wear a uniform. Um, they're teaching kids to be on time. They're mm. teaching kids they, their their messages. This is about we're going to treat this like it's a job, uh, meaning you don't show up late. Meaning uh, if you don't participate, where it's not like we're going to uh, give you detention, but you know you're going to flunk and you're going to leave. You know, it's like it's mm. like there is no, you know, it, it's a very very. Uh, I was impressed by all of it. They were uh, the instructors were hands on guys in this particular case because that's where I was, and uh, they both had significant experience. They did not talk down to anyone, uh, and uh, you know. So hats off to to uh, four days so far. Anyway, is that a recently new in, introduced program, or has it been around for it? Because I've I think never been around for a long time. Really it's basically great. a vocational program out that's, of Columbus City Schools. That's great. Yeah, and we good. Need, we need so oh much. Oh my gosh! More. Yeah, they had welding. They had HVAC. They had just incredible number of different trades oh, wow. that kids could sign up for. Yeah, and uh, you nice. know, in the assembly were a bunch of kids and their parents of all types. Yeah. Uh, you know, all backgrounds, they had translators there, the whole nine yards, but you know, I, I, it really sort of felt good to think, all right, at least somebody is trying to do something to teach kids how to function in the world as opposed to mm-hmm. go off and, uh, you know, engage in this sort of mental academic masturbation in these Ivy league institutions. Yeah. What was the technical, um, high school facility on Steltzer next to the Aladdin Shrine Temple? You guys remember that there was a uh, technical oh, school. Yeah. Now it's all Easton Mall, of course. But I can't remember what that I took was. a I took an adult. So at nighttime they would have adult classes in, on trades, and I took yeah. my welding course there. Became oh, pretty neat. I became a pretty proficient uh, welder. I needed it for my business where I fabricate things. So um, anyway, it was a fantastic. The, the instructor there was fantastic. And I can't imagine, you know, those kinds of guys, and and I'm sure women too. There's fantastic female mechanics in in racing, in you know, IndyCar, NASCAR, engineers. Uh, I can't imagine better people for a young person in high school to go in and learn a trade uh, from people who have practical knowledge. Of how to do things. And even if, what dawned on me there is a couple things I saw, and it was parents with their children who were signed up for these programs. And at least in the automotive tech, the parents were asking interesting questions, not just sort of listen to me type questions, which I, mm-hmm. you see, you hear a lot at the schools, like, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the people pontificate in their question and it's really more about <clears throat> signaling their own virtue. But here there was, there were real questions. Every per, every young, a, a young adult there male and female. And there were some, there were some gals signing up for the auto tech, which is cool. Oh yeah. Um, 
they were all like intrigued, like blown away, intrigued, like looking around, like they wanted to go check out the tools and they wanted it. It's like they were, they wanted to be there and it's like, it it just felt sort of good that, uh, that we can supply something that has actually value. And, And what you just said, Norm gave me a thought and that is even if you don't want to go be an auto tech for the rest of your life, right? you're not going to lose the skills that they're teaching you there. And I think right. it's far more valuable Absolutely. than some of this BS that they're learning in the I'm high, not a full-time welder, school. to your point. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, you know, I don't weld full-time, yep. but I got that skill. And it, you know, I've had neighbors come over, hey, the, the, the door is sagging on my car. Can you fix the, you know, the A-pillar and reinforce the hinges and stuff? Yeah, I break out the MIG welder, help people out, fix bicycles, whatever. You know, it has come in very handy, and you know, it's it's like uh, learning how to do anything. Yeah, Norm's welding yeah. service, <laughs> right. right here. Yeah, at Common Sense. Was, was that like hey. a branch of Eastland Fairfield? Was it, it Eastland? I don't know, man. Airport area. I don't know why. But it, it was in my right head, next. But I don't to think the, it was though. It was right next to the Aladdin Shrine. Yeah, Shrine I know home. exactly what you're talking about. Um, now it's completely gone. I yeah. just I have a great uh, little you know just quick comment about female mechanics. So, you know, we all know, of course, that Bobby Rahal and um, Jim Now, you're Truman. not just talking about, like, the calendars you see, like the traditional yeah. Which hot, are, hot girls in bikinis yeah. on, the, on the snap-on calendar. Yeah, the Pirelli calendar used to be the real hot one. Was it? I don't know. I, this, this oh, is just really? Like, this is and, some old stereotype yeah. that popped into my brain. Yeah, and, the and Pirelli. Hot be, and hot because? Uh, unclad women. <laughs> and right. basically. Sounds like collector's items then. <laughs> those, yeah, collector <laughs> items, right, because uh-huh. that is, like, not welcome at the dealerships anymore. Yeah, of course. But at any rate. Um, we all know, you know, uh, right here in Ohio that uh, back in the mid-80s, uh, Bobby Rahal won the IndyCar Championship, won the Indy 500. And Steve Horn, who managed that team for Jim Truman, the team owner um, of Bobby Rahal's race car, Steve Horn was interviewed one time, and he, and he, and he said um, he was asked about the female mechanics because you could take a tour over there at True Sports. And you'd be in the, you know, up on the, up on the observation deck, looking at it, all the cars and all the mechanics doing their things. And, and you would see female mechanics and somebody said, gee, what do you think about the female mechanics? Are they competent or whatever? And, St- and St- Steve Horn said, well, let me tell you something about female mechanics. They read the frickin' manuals. They read the frickin' <laughs> they read they read the maps. They yes. read the data sheets. Awesome. Yes. And he said, What happens with the guys <laughs> is the guys will be torquing a nut, right? And and they won't get out a torque wrench. They will just torque that nut until it's like I sort of feel the thread starting to deform. So I think it's right. But I'm just going to go a quarter turn <laughs> more, more time. right? And he says they snap off fasteners. The female <laughs> mechanics get out the flipping torque wrench, right? And it says 85 pounds feet, and that's what the spec is. And they torque that nut right to that spec, and they don't they don't break hardware. Like the, the that's what he says. The stereotypes sort of hold true, but this time in favor of female yeah. mechanics. There you go. So, yeah. ladies, you know. I love you. I mean, and, because you are prone to stop and ask for directions, and we are not. You're going to be better at certain things in the auto shop. And, and Norm <laughs> Norm has a race team, and I would love some female mechanics. Let me just put that out there. Um, You're just virtue signaling for identity hires. <laughs> oh, no. I really do want female mechanics. <laughs> uh, so, um, 
We should talk a little bit about. So, so I'm troubled by this Marine uh, who intervened on the New York City subway case. Yep. He's he's going to be charged for second degree manslaughter, Steve. I think that's what. Yeah, this is probably a manslaughter case. I think it was manslaughter, but I forget the degree. I'm going to do a legal breakdown in this on lawyer talk. I think. So 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 norms. So that I and I and I got this from a legendary uh, broadcaster named Barry Farber. I love this legal argument and and i think it should be enshrined i hope the supreme court at some point enshrines this and that is illegal violence invites overreaction meaning okay meaning if if you're some kind of serial assaulter and this guy was arrested 42 times he was arrested for kidnapping a seven-year-old, and he was directly threatening, per the passengers, this past week, when it happened, he was threatening violence against the passengers. So this young Marine, I think he's 23 years old, no longer in the Marine Corps, but young man who had been in the Marines, wrestled him down on the ground, put him in a, in a hold around his neck, and uh, two other people assisted him. And they, and they kept him on the ground, I guess, for 15 minutes until the NYPD showed up. Yeah, it's a very similar to the Chauvin and uh, Floyd thing. Except these are passengers, not... Not, not police officers. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe not as... Maybe similar, dissimilar in other significant ways. But So I got, I got some interesting thoughts on this. Yeah, go, man. Um, I don't know if my thoughts are interesting. I had some comments on it, I guess I'll say. Whether they're interesting, you will decide. Um, first of all, it's a, you can, you, we are allowed to employ self-defense and what we call third-party defense, defense of others. So I can step into Brett's shoes if he's being attacked and basically do whatever I would need to do or whatever Brett would need to do. I can do it on his behalf. So if, if he's facing a deadly threat, I can use deadly force to repel the threat on Brett's behalf. And, uh, now in Ohio, we have a, they finally changed the law that the government has to disprove it. Uh, that it was self-defense beyond a reasonable doubt instead of me trying to establish that I acted in self-defense by mm. preponderance of the evidence. But um, so it's third-party defense. Now, you ended up in this scenario here where the first question is, was this Marine actually acting in anybody's defense, um, a, a defense of the general public perhaps, or was there somebody individually that the guy was attacking, or was he just being um, a, sort of a good Samaritan to try to quell a potential threat? So the first hurdle they're going to have is trying to argue that he was uh, acting in some sort of self-defense because – Clearly, he himself was not under attack. You know, he wasn't the one that was facing uh, a threat of force. And in this case, there there may have to be a justification of deadly force because the guy died. Um, then you get into this idea of, I think, a broader picture here, Norm, that you brought up, which is uh, if something about tolerant violence and you're going to whatever that quote was. I think it's I think really what's going on is this: when we as a society decide to permit and tolerate criminal behavior or erratic behavior or chaos in the streets, which is what this was by every measure. It's not that it's going to go unnoticed and it's not that the people themselves are just going to tolerate it. If the government's going to tolerate it, meaning they're not going to employ a police force, they're not going to employ mental health uh, services that would basically get this guy off the street because they think it's not um, morally right to do that. They should just live on the streets and be chaotic. Can I throw a little fact in yeah. there? Let me help you. Let me throw a little fact in there. According to the reporting, okay, so this is, you know, I just want to asterisk this, but according to the reports, 
a week before this incident happened, he walked out of a self, basically a halfway house that a court had just put him into because he had assaulted somebody else. Mm -hmm. So they put him into a halfway house. Again, he had been arrested 42 times Mm -hmm. and uh, he just walked out. So he wasn't under any kind of physical restraint uh, you know, where, where you couldn't leave the house, you could leave the house of your own volition and nobody was going to stop you. And he did. And you know, this, this is, there, there's so much baked into this little story and including race, of course. Well, I, I'm leaving all that out yeah. of it because yeah. I think really it's more philosophical than that. Actually, but I it's, think it's, that's it's, why the, the prosecutor, there's pressure on him. Al Sharpton and other people well, have said, and mental health. You got to go. Speaking, in. it's like we we as a society decided that mental health shouldn't. The way we were handling it, maybe in the '50s, with giving people frontal lobotomies and everything else, isn't good. But then it's it's backlashed all the way to this now, where they're just on the street. One flew over the cuckoo's yeah. nest. That and did now it. we have. Yeah. So now we have chaos on the subway or in the streets. <laughs> yeah. And the police aren't doing anything about it. The government's not doing anything about it. Um, you know, the mental health facilities aren't doing anything about it. So the people will, you know, and if you start to really unpack this, you get back to like John Locke and uh, like, what is the purpose of government in the first place? Yeah. You know, it's to, it's to provide us with a, with a, um, a comfortable existence, a safe existence to protect us from others trampling on our rights or, or even the government trampling on our rights at the same time. You know, it's like, and when that breaks down, when we, when the government fails in that regard, what do we think is going to happen? Now, that's not to say what this guy did was justified. I'm not making that argument. I don't have to because I don't represent him, although I would. Um, but it is to say that what do we expect to happen when this kind of chaos is going on in the streets and nobody's doing anything about it? And then I hear these commentators on the news talking about this, like, like shame on this guy, you know, part of just being on the streets, like my own fears shouldn't trump this person's whatever. And I'm like, bullshit, Abs- yeah. absolute nonsense. We yeah. should not feel afraid to get on a subway that the government's paying for. You know, yeah. we shouldn't feel afraid. Like, just, like imagine this happened on a CODA bus and the government's mm-hmm. not doing anything to stop it. Like it's, these are our services that we're paying for. And you're telling me that it's, that it's, I should be okay being yeah. scared to death to write it. There was just a survey that came out yesterday. I, I, I happened to catch it on CNN and, uh, only 17% of the subway riders feel safe on the subway. Yeah. And that, that's, that's horrible because they're paying for it. That's one out of seven mm-hmm. feels safe. Right. They're paying for it. So what are they paying for? You know, and it, so this is a complete fundamental breakdown on the governmental contract. Yeah. You know, that's what this mm-hmm. is. Like we have, we have a contract with the government. We're going to give you very limited powers. And the one thing we want you to do is keep us safe and you're failing. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying keeping us safe, like in a jackboots on the ground type of way, because the extreme of that, of course, is more of the Hobbesian view that give the government all the power in the world. Then you got like, you know, the Nazis who, and, and Mussolini, you know, the old saying, he made the trains run on time, although that's not necessarily true. But the idea is if you put jackboots on the ground and give the government actors, the brown shirts, all the weapons. Well, guess what? You'll get rid of all the crime except for the government crime, yeah. you know, because, of yeah. your, you know, but oh, is there's got to be a balance, but so, this is way out of balance the other way. So right. that is Mayor Ginther's reaction to the shooting in the short North that just happened. Right. Is, is he's basically saying to the state legislature, you've got to do something and take away all the guns. And it's like, dude, yeah, prosecute the crime. Have you been down to the short North? Like it used to be cops walking around on bicycles. They had that thing down tight. Like if you wanted to go to the, 
the 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 art galleries and do the the gallery hop or you wanted to hit the restaurants you know or you know whatever it was and there were jazz clubs down there and all this and people felt pretty comfortable because there was a big police presence you know 15 well, 20 years and ago going back for 30 40 years it was the red light district right it was yeah. it was the criminal part of the city that so they gentrified it they gentrified it which is a bad word on the left you're not and allowed the, to use and, that word and, and they and they I, and then they and then they inserted heavy police protection and look what happened it flourished and it flourished and now they they've you know the police and i can't blame them the police it's the ferguson effect right the police are like you know what if I'm going to go to prison or stand a good chance of going to prison and I'm going to lose all, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my house, I'm going to lose my income. And like the, the police officer in Ferguson, I even have to leave town if I'm found not guilty, right? The police are just going to show up and take reports after the blood's on the ground. Yeah. Well, and to me, with this action too of our community, our society not being the chilling effect. Yep. That, okay, if I'm getting the shit kicked out of me, I'm hoping that two or three people around me that are watching it will jump in and kind of help me. Or if there's no cops, yes. I mean, please help. Sick, please right. help. And, then and, and being... I hope that those two or three people have immunity, that they came in and helped me from getting killed. It, it, remember, in the opposite scenario happened in New Damn. York about a year ago. Remember, there was this subway thing where some girls getting basically getting sexually assaulted by this lunatic, and there's, there's these cell phone camera videos of everybody just yeah. watching. Just yeah. watching. And, and look- this is what, and then this guy does something, and it's a backlash the other way. It's now a, he's a bad guy, right? It's it, you know, so hats off to this guy. You know, yes. he intervened. He thought he was going like he did what he was trained to do, right? He used a chokehold that Bingo. was um, that was designed to to basically choke somebody out, and you know they would just wake up later. Yeah, and something his, went wrong. His marine skills kicked in when so, he. The, so the story is when the police showed up. And the guy, you know, the, the 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 crazy guy, and I don't mean that in a, in a disparaging way, but, you know, mentally ill guy, when he died at the hospital later, the police were still taking reports. And the Marine guy, the, the ex-Marine was, when he found out the guy died at the hospital, he started sobbing. He was inconsolable. Yeah. It, he did not intend to kill this he guy. He didn't intend to kill the guy. So manslaughter, it, I mean, it may be too much. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. So the first, there's all sorts of elements that we're going to have to kick around, one of which is what caused the death. I mean, you could say that but for this guy's actions, this other person would still be alive, but that's not the right question. You know, yeah. did he cause a death or was the death caused by something else? Did he contribute to the death? Did the guy have a heart attack that was a result of some sort of drug overdose? I mean, who knows? So that's going to so, be an interesting question. So guys, I, I am, so I'm going to show a little bias here. I have this prosecutor, Alvin Bragg, is driven by racial animus. Politics. He's driven by politics. There, it, so you saw what he did when the bodega owner was defending himself uh, with a knife against a man and a woman who were assaulting him, right? He wanted to charge him with murder. He, 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 he spent like 10 days in Rikers, right? waiting for the outcome, and basically all of New York City rose up against the prosecutor and said, how can you charge this guy for defending his life? Yeah, the, 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 the one person died, right? But he was, he was like grass, like he was in the grass, like they were physically wrestling, and, and it, the guy's girlfriend had a knife, so this guy defended himself with a knife. And he ended up killing the guy. And, uh, it, it, and the only reason it seemed to me that he was prosecuting that bodega 
employee was because the bodega guy was in a fight with a black guy. And the BLM people came out and wanted him to go to prison. The BLM people on this Marine case on the subway shut down the subway station this week. They were on the tracks. They were actually, they got off the platform, down on the tracks, shut down at rush hour, the subway in New York City, right? And and they made it a race thing. You know, just like that thing with uh, Chauvin. It was never demonstrated. Now, he may be guilty, Chauvin, of of whatever he was found guilty of. But there, they never charged him with a a hate crime. There was no alleg- there, there were all kinds of popular theories that he did it because uh, George Floyd was black. But there was absolutely no proof that that's why he did it. In fact, some of the other cops who assisted Chauvin were themselves minorities. So this whole thing where people are doing something because one person is one color and the other person is another color is crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's crazy. It, you, what are we doing? You can't impart racism just because, you know, it's like it's that's the de facto finding. And but here's the problem is the logic isn't consistent because if it's, you know, it's um like the Nashville case, right? Where it was black officers killed that black motorist. Yeah. Right? And what do they how say? Can, how they, can that how can that be a race crime? It, it, because ridiculous. they're indoctrinated into white supremacy as a system as a whole. They come up with some some tortured logic to believe that. But okay. you know, I, I don't know where ultimately this goes for this Marine, and it's horrible and it's awful. And he may have caused the death of somebody else, and it might be some level of manslaughter, right? It might be. I I, I don't know. Hmm. Um but it's not racism and it wasn't an intentional killing. As Brett said though, it will dampen other other yeah. people will definitely think twice before they intervene to help anybody. Well, that's right. And, and this is a call this is this is what occurs when the government's obligation to engage in basic societal protection that when they when they fail to meet that obligation, when the government fails its duty here, this is what happens. The people will rise up and engage in un well, this guy happened to be trained, but he's not a law enforcement officer, right. but an untrained vigilante uh, justice. That's what's going to happen. Remember the Charles Bronson movies, Death Wish yeah. back in the 70s? Sure. It was like you saw Death Wish, you saw Dirty Harry, you yeah. saw all these sort of like cop heavy movies or, or like anti. Uh, like anti-crime movies coming out as a backlash to this kind of crap. Right. Yeah. And I think we're getting there again. I if, do too. I if just we, wonder if how we start far down to, it has to go. If we start to see it represented in TV or movies, we know we're there. We know we're there. Yeah. So what, that's what happened first. You're right. Back in those dirty hair was 78, 78. Right. Something that, like that. That, that's when, what happens. When San yeah. Francisco was falling apart back then. And yeah. now, now it is all over again. No, there's yeah. going to be a new dirty Harry. No question. There will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's telling also, Steve, and, and as a lawyer, you know, you might agree. I, I don't know, but Bragg in bringing these charges did not go through the grand jury process. So a grand jury did not deliberate on what this ex-Marine did on the subway. Bragg brought these charges without that process. And it seems it, that, that to me, that looks more political. That m- looks more like a reaction to his constituency crying out for some kind of racial justice in this case. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand how that happened then. I need to, I need to do some reading because... Typically, you have to have a, you have a constitutional right to have a grand jury. Uh, I was just going to say, can, the, can not, the Marine ask for that? It did not go to a grand jury. 
that okay. that then, then it then it's only charged by way of a complaint so far then and it's going to have to go through a probable cause hearing okay and then it's going to be bound over and and eventually indicted i mean i have to see where it is in the system i don't wow. know the new york procedure i can read I, that's all i'll do a little work on it but okay interesting you can't just a, a prosecutor can't unilaterally put somebody on trial for murder yeah without some uh due process it was manslaughter of some of some kind well that's i mean murder manslaughter okay you know it's Mm. all the same to me as far as that goes i mean Mm. they're different crimes but the same procedure would apply Mm -hmm. um so i I think there's something more to that he doesn't the prosecutor doesn't get that unilateral decision at least i hope not yeah and um there's going to have to be some review of that by an independent body a lot of times what happens is you have a probable cause hearing or preliminary hearing initially where a judge has to decide if there's enough evidence to hold somebody, and then the case is bound over and there's more time to convene okay. a grand jury. Other times, um, somebody's just charged by way of complaint, they waive their right to a prelim, and then eventually a grand jury decides it. So, so <coughs> something's you, going on here. We'll figure it out. You'll take a look. Yep. Um, we, you guys want to talk a little bit about Trump? There's another big, you know— Legal case that just happened this past week. Right? We probably got to table that one for uh, for next week. But he was found uh, guilty of sexual or not assault. Guilty. He was found uh, liable. Liable in a civil in a civil mm-hmm. case Proceeding. of sexual assault, and uh, he's. It looks like she's going to sue him again for uh, defamation after his actually pretty interesting performance in the CNN. Say, that sounds like that sounds like a deep, <laughs> like deep, Trump, deep Trump, dive. Trump what? nailed the CNN. Like, yeah. I mean, why can't he say what he wants to? Oh, I don't understand how that's defamation for him to say. Look, I never met this lady. You know, I don't know who she is. She, this is made up, and you know that's what he's saying. And well, I don't, yeah, I don't understand how that's free speech versus free speech versus uh, <laughs> her right not to be defamed. And he called her a name or two, I guess. So the question is, he said she wasn't my type. She was about sixty years old at the time. She, she, she's in her late eighties now. Uh, Trump, this, that's classic. Trump. This whole, like, yeah, I might have done that, but not to her. Well, you know, the other thing that's troubling about that case, and I know you you said table it, but the other thing that disturbs me about that case is that just for Trump, right, they passed a special law that allowed people to go back 50 years so that there was like a, a statute of limitations of 25 years. And since this went back beyond that statute, they passed the New York legislature passed a Trump law that allows victims of sexual assault to go back 50 years. This it's so insane. It, just, it just, just for and, well, one year window where they could file a claim on something that happened as much as 50 years ago. Beware of such righteousness, man. I mean, if you're willing to change wow. the rules to go after somebody you hate, boy, when it turns on you when that devil turns back on you, yeah, you know, yeah. watch Andrew, out Andrew Cuomo. Yeah. Just Jeez. watch out. It's uh, it's the old. Uh, the other anyway. uh, some some uh, a quickie. If you, if you guys got a couple more quickies, this blows me away. I'm pretty much like on board, but not really with the death penalty part. But down in Florida, so there's nothing lower than a child rapist. I mean, just they're they're, they're you know they usually don't last in prison. They get the death penalty anyway, right? right. You know, from their fellow inmates who who think like me you know, who have some morality, you know, even though they're in prison, they may have better morality, in fact, than me. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not saying I'm so virtuous, but uh, child rapists uh, are the worst. And down in Florida, Governor DeSantis just signed a bill that provides in certain cases for the death penalty for child rape. 
Yeah, mm. that's a. I, look, I'm troubled by it, but I understand it. I, that, see that that mm. that I fear is a little bit of a political signaling in the wrong direction, in the other direction. You know, I not to say I, I condone child rape. I, I like you. I know, the most I know. Crime. I know, Steve. I know. Here, that. But here's a, here's some reality that I know. Um, just in my my humble anecdotal experience of 28, 29 years now of defending folks charged with crimes, is that you see a lot of false allegations in that arena. So, what, what was that big uh, uh, babysitting? case remember that oh, the mcmartin's out the in McMart- California. thank you yeah. i mm. mean my because what you what you There's have hundreds and hundreds of those but you have mm. child witnesses right right and a child witness being asked is that the person who's you know so here's here's you the, get a 10 year old that's testifying here's the voir dire i do it's like how many people here would agree that there are false accusations of child sex abuse and almost everybody would universally say yeah that happens mcmartin mcmartin is one you can name some famous ones yeah, yeah. um how many people here or so then you have to sort of ask, I won't go through the whole thing, but the, the point is, is that how many people think that the people prosecuting that false accusation, prosecuting the guy who was sent to prison for the rest of his life and later exonerated by a recantation, by DNA or by something, how many people think that the people, the prosecutors, the social workers, the mothers, the fathers, the aunts, the uncles, everybody who levied that prosecution, how many think that they were doing that on purpose? And it's crickets because they weren't. It's not like it was an intentional frame job. Right. They believed the kid, and right. yeah. and they weren't doing it on purpose. They were doing it in the uh, on the side of righteousness and doing it for the right reasons. And so, how do we in in that particular case, if they went through that whole prosecution and the jury got it wrong and the prosecutor got it wrong and the social worker got it wrong, how do we think that it's not going to happen in this case? Right. How do we think it's not happening in the case you're working on now? Yeah. And you don't reverse that call. Right. You're yeah. dead, they're dead. And this right. one, you're dead, right? So, you're dead. Yeah. And now look, you could say, well, we're only going to do it when the proof is really, really, really strong. All right. Well, yeah. you know, give me a standard that makes sense and I'll, I'll listen. So, well, yeah. yeah, then it goes back to the standards. Yeah. Like you've said, it's like, well, you can have a standard, but. Yeah. Give me something that makes sense. <laughs> another right. another yeah. nugget, guys, mm-hmm. that will table, right? But I think this we'll table, is, but we'll talk about it first. <laughs> yeah, but but I I think I just want to get it out there that that it is newsworthy. So just this week, right, uh, that uh, committee uh, headed by um, James Comer, um, a congressman, he laid out the proof that the Biden family, while he was vice president, got in just one tranche. Uh, so far, he has more that he said is is coming. But he has uh, whistleblowers, he has bank records, he has uh, paper corporations that were passed through. The Biden family got $10 million plus from various uh, entities, foreign entities, for, for doing no work. Like, like these companies have no purpose for existing other than to receive money and then deposit it into various Biden family accounts, including like one of the granddaughters who was a child got 25,000 bucks dropped in her bank account. Well, look, that's a, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have to kick that one around next. I mean, I, holy there's shit. Lot, there's lots going on there, but we do have to wrap it up. It, it is, it, I think there's going to be lots of interesting stuff to come on that one. And, yeah. and you know, I think everybody's going to be able to say, I told you so, but I also think it's not going to make a hill beans difference. It'll be water off the back of the Democratic Party, and that and that'll be that. But all right, we uh, we got to wrap it up. It is an hour and 13, 14 minutes in at this point. If you want to be a guest on Common Sense Ohio, guess what? We are taking guests now again. We've got a couple coming up. 
Um, some you know, some you don't, some you might want to know, some you may not want to know, but that's all right. We're looking for famous people. We're looking for infamous people. We're looking for infamous people. It, it all, anything that's interesting, anything that lets us, uh, uh, gives us another step on the ladder of our ever, uh, perpetual quest for common sense. We want you here. Uh, just check us out at commonsenseohioshow.com. Send us a note and we'll talk about getting you on. Uh, but in, until then... We are coming at you right from the middle here at Common Sense Ohio.